It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity. It is so important to find out who God says you are, because then you can walk in your identity, your God-given role in this world, and you can do it with boldness. Remember when God changed Abraham's name? Actually, he was known first as Abram, which means exalted father. But then God gave him the name Abraham, which means father of a multitude. And he had that name before he had children. So he knew it was his destiny, his purpose, his calling. And it's the same for you. God's given you hundreds of names and titles. And once he speaks those over you and you receive them, then you can boldly walk in your God-given identity, knowing that you're not doing it presumptuously on your own, but you assume that role, knowing it's a gift from on high. In this episode, we're going to explore our calling to be true yoke fellows. Where is that found? It's in Philippians 4, verse 3. Listen to it closely. Paul, writing to the Philippian church, says, I beg you, true yoke fellow, help those women who labored in the gospel with me and with Clement and others of my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Well, who is Paul talking to? Well, some think it was probably a leader in the Philippian church, or maybe someone who was there temporarily taking charge, maybe Timothy, or some have even conjectured it was Paul's wife that he got married later in life, but that's uh, very doubtful. All we know for sure is this person was a fellow laborer, and this person's name was in the book of life. And certainly, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you qualify in both of those areas. You are a co-laborer in the kingdom of God, and your name is written in the book of life. What an amazing thing, even just to ponder on that. Now, I wish I could just be sitting right in your living room right now and looking you in the face and sharing the next portion of this revelation with you because it's been such a blessing to me and I rejoice to pass it on to you. Let's start out by just confessing I am called to be a true yoke fellow. I am called to be what? A true yoke fellow with whom? Well, it's both vertical and horizontal. You're called to be a yoke fellow with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're called to be a yoke fellow with those that you're in covenant relationship with here in this life, those who are part of the church or family members. That's covenantal as well, especially when your family members know the Lord and are walking in the light. Well, let me define something very important. 
A yoke fellow is someone who is willing to share a common burden or willing to work with a similar passion to achieve a specific goal. Now, if you're called to be a yoke fellow with the Lord Jesus Christ, what is the burden? The burden is the weight of lost humanity. It's the burden of reclaiming this world for the kingdom of God. And we must be willing to work with a similar passion, just as Jesus was very passionate about fulfilling the purpose of God. He said, I must do the will of him that sent me. And you and I have to have that same kind of gripping feeling. I'm not here to play. I must do the will of him who sent me. I'm a man under a yoke. You're a man or a woman under a yoke. But I could possibly be getting a little ahead of myself. Let me go back and really define what's taken place that preceded the receiving of this yoke from the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, the word yoke can mean three different things. Number one, it can be a device by which a prisoner is incapacitated. Sometimes prisoners have had yokes around their neck, big square pieces of wood with a hole in the middle of it that makes it impossible for them to escape. And sometimes they're even roped or chained together when they're in that condition. Number two, a yoke can be a device by which a person carries two equal burdens on either side, balancing each other. Or number three, a yoke can be a wooden frame by which two domestic animals are joined at the head or the neck in order to work together. And it's that particular image that I'm primarily concerned with, the image of two animals being yoked together. And in like manner, as I said already, you are called to be yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're called to be yoked with those that you're walking with in the light, maybe in a church or a home Bible study or some group of people that you're in covenant with. And that is a very essential part of being a Christian, being yoked vertically and being yoked horizontally. Now, remember Two animals that are yoked together must be willing to go the same direction at the same speed at the same time. And so it's a loss of your own individual will to a certain degree, especially in reference to being yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer are you able to make decisions on your own, what to do with your life, where you want to go, how you want to spend your time, how you distribute your material goods, what you do with them. It, it's no longer yours. You're yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's all about his will being fulfilled. It's all about following his divine directives for your life. But let's go back a little further in time, in your own personal experience. And let's see how God first destroyed a yoke. He destroyed the yoke that is symbolized by the first definition of three that I gave you. A yoke is something that is used to incapacitate a prisoner. Well, there was a time when you were a prisoner, you were a slave. 
God used that image when he reminded the children of Israel how good he had been to them. He said in Leviticus 26:13, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. In other words, they were bowed over. They were, they were under the oppression of harsh taskmasters. They were abused and used, and they were definitely stripped of their individual rights and liberties. They didn't own their homes. They didn't own their clothes. They didn't even own their own bodies. They were the property of Pharaoh and others who owned them in Egypt. But God said, I am the Lord your God. I'm Yahweh Elohim. I brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. In other words, I've restored dignity to you. You're not under this heavy load of oppression. And certainly we can all personalize that scripture and think back to the past some of you were under the yoke of drug addiction or maybe under the yoke of alcoholism or under the yoke of intellectuality or maybe under the yoke of just being absorbed in the pursuit of material possessions. And there's so many other directions I can go with it. An emotional yoke, a mental yoke. Spiritually, you were under the yoke of Satan and the demonic powers who had plotted to destroy your life and had wooed you the direction of sin. We were slaves in our past. We were slaves to sin, slaves to the fallen nature, slaves to our own foolish choices. But God said, I have broken the bands of your yoke, and I've made you walk upright. Throw your shoulders back, child of God. You have purpose now. You have a passion to fulfill something of value in your life, and you have a relationship with the creator of the universe, and you cannot be separated from his love. That is absolutely wonderful. One of my favorite scriptures that deals with this image of a yoke being destroyed is Isaiah 10, 27. In that passage, God is referring to the Assyrian Empire. And the prophet Isaiah is actually prophesying something that will happen three years later. He told the Jewish people not to be afraid of the Assyrians. And then he went on to say they would attack. But he also said in that day, his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Well, the Jewish people were free people. They were the devoted followers of Yahweh. Why would they come under a yoke? Well, it was the enemy trying to re-enslave the offspring of those who came out of Egypt. They may have come out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt, but now a foreign empire, the empire of Assyria, was about to come and surround Jerusalem and and do everything they could to conquer the Jewish people. But God said, in that day, in one 24-hour day, God said, the burden would be taken from their shoulders and the yoke from off their necks. What happened? 
Well, Rabshakeh, the emissary of the leader of Assyria, sent a message to the king of the southern kingdom, Hezekiah. And he told him their plans of destroying the Jewish people and conquering that region. But that was where the temple was, and that's where the glory of God resided. And if you fight God's people, you're fighting the God who dwells among them. And of course, the Assyrian emperor didn't realize what kind of hot water he was getting in. So he sent this letter, and Hezekiah took it into the temple area and lifted it up before God and showed God what the enemy's intentions were, and he prayed. He was the anointed king of the Jewish people. And then Isaiah was the anointed prophet of the people of God in that day. And the Bible said the yoke was destroyed because of the anointing. Well, two anointed individuals agreed together in prayer. They sought Yahweh. They asked for his divine intervention. They laid claim to the prophetic word that had gone on before, that had been spoken prior to that day. And that's something you need to learn how to fight with. You fight with the prophetic word. And that night, one angel of the Lord went into the camp of the Assyrian army. And when the morning sun arose and when the dew was first beginning to rise from the ground, you could see it littered with corpses. 185,000 soldiers died at the hand of an angel of the Lord. An entire army crushed because two anointed people prayed. And the enemy wanted to put a new yoke on those who had been liberated from the yoke of Egypt, just like the enemy wants to put a new yoke on you. Maybe you were delivered from the yoke of sin, but now the enemy wants you yoked under depression or yoked under discouragement or yoked with fear concerning the future or any number of things that I can mention, negatives that you face in your mind and in your emotions. But if God can crush an entire army with just one angel, he gives his angels charge over you. And every day there's ministering spirits around you that are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Why don't you just go ahead and lift your hands right where you're at, unless your hands are on the steering wheel of your car, and start thanking God for destroying the yoke in your life if he did it once he can do it again. And I claim that for you. Go ahead and praise him for it. God, I thank you. I thank you for destroying yokes in the lives of every person listening. We have discovered, Lord, who we are, and we've discovered what we have, and we claim the destruction of the yoke of the enemy. However, with that liberation comes a new yoke. See, because you and I cannot be yokeless. We may be delivered from the yoke of sin, but now we must assume a new yoke. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. Listen to it closely. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Listen, the enemy's yoke is hard. 
It is very hard to survive under the yoke of bondage that religion even gives to you. That's why Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And the writer, Paul, was referring to the bondage of the law. And he was encouraging the Galatians not to try and be justified by all the rituals and the ceremonies and the demands of the law. That was not their source of righteousness, but to go to the cross and to be delivered by the blood that was shed for them. The freedom that comes when you know the truth, because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But see, sometimes after Christians are liberated, they may not go back under the yoke of sin, but they often go back under the yoke of religion, thinking they have to strive and struggle within their own strength, within their own power to be right. There's nothing wrong with living a disciple life. That's part of being yoked with Jesus. But it is wrong to think that your righteous works or your religious works are what gain you the right to enter heaven or gain you the gift of eternal life. Let's go back to this verse again, and let's decipher what Jesus was saying. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Well, that's very strange. You don't yoke two animals together so that they can sit in the shade and rest. So how can I have rest being yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ, because one of the most restful things you can do mentally and emotionally is to work for the kingdom with all your might, because you feel the value of it. You feel purpose being unveiled in your life, and you feel the motivation of the divine unction behind your words and your actions. It's very restful. I don't care how stressed you are in meeting deadlines. There's a peace that passes understanding when you know you're yoked to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, take my yoke on you and learn of me. So when you're yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ, you start learning some things. You learn his character so that you begin to act and most importantly, to react like he did with love, with compassion, with humility, with forgiveness, with meekness. In fact, he followed up that statement, take my yoke on you and learn of me for I am meek. Listen, if anyone had a right to be forceful and demanding, it was him, but instead he was as meek as a lamb before his detractors. Isn't that awesome? He said, I'm lowly of heart. In other words, there was a humility about Jesus that endeared him to common people. He could eat with publicans and sinners, and they didn't feel condemned, but they wanted to be free from their life of sin just because of the love they felt overflowing from him and the humility that he approached them with. If God on earth could approach life with humility, how much more so should we, his followers? And he said you shall find rest to your souls. He didn't say your bodies. 
I work hard for the kingdom, but I have rest in my soul. And he said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is like compared to the yoke of being bound to Satan and demonic influence in my life and the burden of the guilt that weighed me down. <laughs> that was hard. That was a difficult way to live. But now I welcome the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I took that yoke upon me when I was 19 years old, and it was the best decision I ever made in my life. No wonder Lamentations chapter 3, verses 27 and 28 says, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. He sits alone and keeps silence because he laid it on him. In other words, it is a good thing that you give your heart and life to God in true discipleship, being yoked with him, going the same speed, the same direction at the same time, carrying the same burden, fulfilling the same charge, having the same passionate purpose in your heart and your life. Take that yoke upon you in your youth. Don't wait till you're 30 or 40 or 50. And if you're already there, if you're that old or older, by all means, if you haven't said yes to total discipleship, do it now. Prayerfully pursue his purpose in your life. And then at the end of your life, you will be so thankful that you accepted the yoke, plowed the field, bore the burden, and brought forth the harvest with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.